0: Welcome to Marketing Like a Mother, a podcast made for Mumpreneurs by Mumpreneurs. Each week we're diving into mum-approved business and marketing strategies to help you grow a profitable and family-friendly business. Today I am your host Michelle Pauvert and I'm chatting with the wonderful Kat Griffin who I suspect you may have heard of because the event world is just like flooded with Kat Griffin's awesome stuff. And I'm so excited to bring her on and start chatting around all things, collaboration, events, content, and just growing your business in the kind of sharing goodness with the world approach that Kat has. So Kat, thank you so much for coming on. I would love for you to actually like do a proper intro, share more about what you do, and then we can have a good old chat. Okay, great.
1: Lovely. Thank you so much for having me on. It's great to be here. Um, so yeah, I'm Kat and Michelle said I, I've i done quite a bit of organising of events, which that I accidentally came into the business world <laughs> and I used to love organising events in real life. I used to do a lot of charity events and things like that. and um, Everything that I've kind of done in business, I've done because it's something I want to be involved in. And even nobody's asking me to do it. Or nobody else is doing it. So I just decide I'm going to do it myself. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the first big thing I did was when Clubhouse first came out. Mm. And there was all like the big sort of like huge rooms and things. And I was jealous because nobody knew me, nobody was ever gonna invite me. So I decided I was going to put on like a 24-hour again. It was about marketing, actually, social media and Mm. marketing, clubhouse room, just because nobody was ever gonna ask me so I Mm. wanted this to happen so I'm I'm gonna do it myself
0: so that's just kind of my approach yeah it's
1: It's like I want this I'm gonna make this happen
0: that's awesome and so tell us a bit more about what you do in your business because I know the events are just one small piece of everything that you do
1: um so again accidentally I (laughs) I started out with Instagram and um the story with this one is: I was in Thailand in a swim pool, swim pool about ten o'clock at night. Had a few cocktails, <laughs> and um, I had a brilliant day. I was with my husband. We'd been like island hopping and you know mm. doing all the tourist stuff. It had been an amazing day, but every single point, um, like you couldn't get on a path because there was like influencers trying to take pictures, and mm. just every it it was a joke like how ridiculous <laughs> it was. So few cocktails I was like I'm going to become a travel influencer
0: He's hmm.
1: like, what the heck no you're not that was stupid it's like <laughs> you're old <laughs> like you're nearly 40 what are you talking about Um. so I bet him that I was going to become a travel influencer and I did grow a travel account to about 100,000
0: Wow. mainly just has been wrong <laughs> <laughs> the best of reasons
1: <laughs> yeah yeah I mean like I said most of my things that I do are not like long-term strategic planning it's <laughs> how I go with things Mm. Um. so yeah then I'm I'm a teacher So I teach at a university in South Korea so I do love teaching Mm -hmm. and I was bored at this point of growing Instagram I'd done it but I wanted to teach people how to do it because Mm -hmm. I like teaching so that's how I started my first business and then from there like the collaborations and the events and things came in because again I wanted to do them.
0: (laughs) Wow I I love that I feel like it's a very organic approach you've taken to all of this of following the interest following maybe that rebellious sort of thread throughout I think that's really cool. Um, so you're a teacher as well I'm really curious you kind of mentioned a couple of different countries how did that whole thing sort of start how does the teaching fit in with the business you run today? Um, I mean it's
1: aside from the like being a teacher does help when you're making training programs and courses sure. and like that side <laughs> of thing. But aside from that, they're really not connected at all. Mm. Um most people don't even know. <laughs> but like the, <laughs> the people I work with in the office have no, I mean, bar a couple of them, most of them have got no clue. That's um, so cool. <laughs> yeah, no, I like most things, I I came to Korea for a year. I'm still here sixteen years later.
0: Oh my goodness! Um, it was no long term. for that. Yeah, what brought you to Korea the first time?
1: Um, so I do love traveling. I've traveled mm. a lot in my life, and I ran out of money, so <laughs> I needed to do, like earn money and travel for a while. Mm. So teaching was something that I could sort of earn money with, while well, still traveling. So yeah. That's what's
0: I love that. I think that's one of the things we first sort of connected on was this sort of lifelong expat, very well traveled. Yeah. Um, I'm curious what you all sort of take on the globalness of this online business space because I found it quite refreshing, but also kind of strange that the online business community is still, you know, made up of most people who aren't expats, but there's like a little subsect of us who are. You know, the digital nomads, the lifelong expat community as well.
1: <laughs> there is. And it's interesting how I think we've all we kind of gravitate towards each other without realising mm-hmm. um Yeah. <laughs> like a few people that I email, like, constantly. Like, you know, if I said that, like, there's always backwards and forwards. And there's, like, a lot of my emails, I'll make subtext sometimes and I'll make comments about, like, life abroad.
0: Mm-hmm. But most
1: people don't understand unless you've lived it. Yeah. So you know, there'll be just like slight mentions of things, but then I will get all these replies from people like, "Oh my god, yeah!" Like I know what you're talking about. I understand. I get that. And Mm. yeah, it's interesting. But I, I do love it. I'm also like the weird person. I'm like, "Oh, tell me more about that place," because I love to travel, Mm. right? So I do come (laughs) across a bit weird when people tell me where they're from too. But it is amazing how, and again, with like the collaborations and events and things. I love sort of oh we've got people from like thirty different countries
0: yeah. involved
1: in this one thing. Um, the only problem I do find is everything's either European or North North American time zones typically,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which if you're like Asia side of the world or Australia, New yep. Zealand, it sucks. It really
0: <laughs> I feel that yeah, I'm I'm Aussie originally, and nothing was ever in our time zone. <laughs> <laughs> I- Yeah, um, I'm really interested in this whole kind of global approach, because I really feel like the bundles you've hosted always stand out with just how many different countries are represented. And I think that was one of the standout things I noticed when I first sort of found you in this online space was like, gosh, that's someone who understands the globalness of what this kind of business can be I'm curious if you deliberately do that or if that just like as you said you kind of gravitate towards maybe you also attract us global citizens I don't
1: necessarily feel like I deliberately do it but I think mm. I'm more open to trying to include it um mm. one thing about obviously like the on world is it is 11 playing field in the sense of you know we we can all reach anyone anywhere else in the world Mm. but there are depending on where you're working where you're based there are different income thresholds around Mm -hmm. and then that does limit like the tech and things that people have got access to yes and um I definitely have had a couple of people involved in my bundles that I've had to sort of help and make accommodations and Mm. things because they're working entirely with like free tech Mm. which doesn't always like it's not always as streamless and things. Um, and they've said, like, that they've actually been... A- not been able to participate previously when mm. they've applied because it's maybe not come across as a professional enough or... And it, I find that a little bit sad somehow that, you know, we've we're not... It's such a complex issue about, like... And I'm yeah. not going to go into like you know what we should pay people <laughs> around the world and things like that, but we're not like a level playing field in terms of what people can necessarily afford to invest in their businesses because yeah. currencies have different value, um, different average salaries in different places. Yeah. so I and do even like... just
0: access. You know, I know there's a lot of countries that don't have access to different payment processes or different tech software. They just aren't available to.
1: Yeah, I mean that's true. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm British, so I've like I've got like UK based for my like mm. business and business but even PayPal is something yeah. in Korea that I couldn't have a PayPal account for a business in Korea here which mm. and then I quite often actually see people complaining about businesses not accepting PayPal I'm like actually a lot of the world can't use paypal right so <laughs>
0: yeah yeah oh gosh I feel like we went down a very interesting rabbit hole but I want to bring it back to these amazing yeah. events and collaborations so why why are you spending so much of your time and energy putting on these events I know they're amazing as a contributor but tell me about like as the host why you're putting all this energy and effort in um so I'm going to straight up say this that I do not
1: financially capitalize from these as much as Mm. I should I don't have as you've probably got the impression from me right now I'm not hugely strategic about these so I know that some people are a lot more strategic from am, and like they have a lot more long-term plans. So my advice is if you're thinking of doing this, do not follow me as a model for like <laughs> what to do post-event or anything like that, because I'm not the person to f- follow from there. Um, but I, so I like organizing things and I used to like yeah. organizing in real life. So it is something I enjoy that I can do. And my, my email list, for example, has, exploded because of these events um mm. uh, you know I, I fought really hard to get like 100 people on my email list 200 yeah. people back in the day and now it's over 15,000 wow um so I've got a really big audience share because of it so they are really really great at growing your audience mm. um, but like with everything like that's just a number it's if you're yeah. not then it's what you do Comfort. with a thing and not like, <laughs> I hate throwing out numbers it's just you know that has yeah. been the biggest game for me and mm-hmm. um, meeting people like I've yeah. connected with yourself um, <laughs> most people that I speak to in the business world are because you know I'm asleep during all the networking events and mm-hmm. um, you know I could never go to like co-working sessions they're always during my night but it's been a great way for me to connect with people make friends yeah. and it is lonely right running your own business and so it's that's been great um and just learning like for example um tech I Mm. I don't know how I've managed to do any of this because (laughs) I tech, but because I'm a very much kind of I decide I'm going to do something and I'll work backwards to work out how to do that Mm. so I've learned so much tech skills and other like I don't know, putting jigsaw pieces together type skills with it, which I would never have learned otherwise.
0: Mm. That's a lovely sort of lesson from it too. I think it's a it's a challenging, stretching kind of thing to do, but I think it's got so many upsides as well. And, and I think it's really important that we don't have to always be hyper strategic in everything we do in business, sometimes just following what's exciting, what feels good, what, is going to give you those other benefits. I think that can be hugely valuable too. And sometimes more important than the short term cash, like injection, I think, like you're saying, your audience growth, those connections, those collaborations can have much longer term payoffs as well. Um, What would you say to someone who's thinking about hosting an event like this and, what about the difference between hosting something like a free get, a free event, a paid event, summit, bundle, all those different things? What would you advise for people starting out? Okay, so this is actually
1: really timely because I have just been putting <laughs> together some emails and recording about this today, so I'm very fresh in mind. Oh, good. Uh, <laughs> if you're going to host it, in terms of like your audience growth, a free bundles going to get you more people on your email mm-hmm. list? But a free bundle, you're going to get a lot more people who are using throwaway email addresses yeah. or secondary email addresses. So you need to be sort of, not what I usually am, but you need to be actually really strategic <laughs> with this that you are clearing out your emails and you're not mm. keeping people who are never opening your emails for months. Um, Time-wise, though, a free bundle and a paid bundle are going to take you just as long.
0: Mm-hmm. with
1: paid bundle you are at least going to get some direct immediate money to compensation from it because of this the last two bundles I've organized have been hybrids
0: mm-hmm.
1: so I've got the best of both worlds that I've got the email growth from the free section of the bundle and then the paid section has um not generated a fortune don't get me wrong but <laughs> it, there is costs involved there's time involved yeah it covers the costs and things there so I mean like you're not going to sell as many in a Mm. hybrid bundle because people are already getting so many free products in a free one yeah if you are organizing a summit though I feel like you're then as the organizer you're way more visual
0: Mm. because
1: you're the face of the summit you're very much like the summits around you whereas in a bundle. Yeah, you're the organizer, but you kind of do just become one of any other name that's landing in their email box. Yeah. So, um, I don't, a lot of people say a summit's a lot more work than a bundle, hmm. but I didn't find that to be the case really.
0: Oh, talk More bundles. about that. I'm so curious. <laughs> um
1: I mean, because we, I don't know. I think it might be because the bundles I've organized have been involving a lot more people. Ah. And there's so many things, you know, I'd say about at least 50% of things that you get submitted, you need to go back and get checked and changed and fixed. And mm-hmm. whereas with a, a summit, you're dealing with a lot fewer people. Um, but then if you have people back out on you in a summit, it's much more of an issue. Mm. Than with a yeah. yeah. Pros and cons with all of them. <laughs> Favourite to organise, is I do like organising summits. Ah, okay, why? <laughs> um, I don't know, I just, I think it's a bit less repetitive to put everything together and the moving mm. parts. And, but also, it's the, uh, one thing actually I would say is the summits are a lot more time-dense in a shorter period of time. Whereas okay. with a bundle, if you're well-prepared, you don't necessarily have like the last minute late nights and things Mm. that always seem to happen with a summit because there's always something that comes up.
0: (laughs) What, what, for example, because I don't know how in depth people listening are of like, what actually goes into running these kinds of events. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm going to give you some examples of
1: what happened with the bundle Um, Mm. and things to look out for actually is yes. (laughs) One problem with them. So I use MailerLite for my email Mm -hmm. and, I've heard other companies do this as well. When you're getting a big influx of new subscribers, that kind of alerts the system. And it so happened that during one bundle, this big influx of subscribers, a a decent percentage of these people had been on a list that had been sold. (gasps) And I'm gonna suspect, suspect that someone had sold a list from a bundle previously. Just oh, because no. of the coincidence of like how they how it matched up. Mm. Um but because of that, Mailerlight stopped sending my emails <gasps> to people. Oh, like, no. What a nightmare. So I was getting like dozens of emails constantly like, I've not received I'm like, but it tells me it's sent. And then I'm like Mailerlight, like, there's no problem, there's no and then finally it got escalated, I'm like, oh this is what's happening. Um but I always have a backup if you can mm. so look at a backup email system so I've been collecting emails on two systems <gasps> clever, so the light wasn't working we just switched <laughs> it over and mm. we were covered um but during the same bundle there was um this is way too much tech for me to actually know what did happen <laughs> my account got my um web account got like reported as a phishing
0: account oh
1: no and it, yeah, it absolutely sucked. Um, and it wasn't just my, it happened to like a lot of websites at the same time. Mm-hmm. But it took me like three days to get it back up and working in the middle of a live event because it oh, went my over goodness. the. Yeah, again. <laughs> so that was <laughs> literally constant, constant, constant emails and things. Mm. Um, but luckily, again, I was able to get it switched over to a backup website quite quickly. Yeah, but it was just communicating that to people.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you have to be very reactive, really be fully focused on the event when it's happening. It's not a session forget it kind of strategy.
1: No, no really not. Um, and then things like the pages and testing of the pages and mm. keep testing pages because... Again, I don't understand tech, but they stop working for no reason. Just to, just <laughs> just to annoy us. <laughs> that's, a, that's my understanding. They like to give you more fun in life, so they stop working. And, yeah, so you do have to be very much, like, in it for the duration. Mm. Yeah.
0: yeah, And don't so, live in it during these events. <laughs> it would be my main advice. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I mean, you obviously made it possible. So, you know, I think that's the beacon of hope. But, <laughs> So it sounds like there's there's a decent amount of work and effort that goes in. Obviously, we have huge payoffs in terms of that list growth, that audience awareness, the collaborations, that kind of payoff. You have been putting on events at a pace that I find honestly just astounding. How are you moving from one event to the next? Like I think you have at least three, four, five a year. That's just mind boggling to me. <laughs> Um, I'd say stupidity is a big part of
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> Lesson of the day. <laughs> now there is something like when you've done something and it's gone great, then mm. you're off like, to start the next. Like, during, like the lead up to an event, I'm like, never again. Like this is the last <laughs> one. I've never put myself through this again. Yeah. And then you get, and it's like the buzz. I'm like, actually, I really enjoyed this. I forgot all the bad things that happened. So this is brilliant. I really want to do this again. Um Again, it, I decide something, I put it out into the world. Mm. And then it's out, then I'm I'll well, I've got to actually do it now. So
0: <laughs> It's that accountability piece of doing yeah. things in public.
1: Yes. Yeah, if I sort of sat down with a calendar and planned out my year, mm. it wouldn't happen. It happens. Mm. And again, because I'm a teacher, I do get, like, sl- slots of time available. Uh, so mm. I teach at a university. So right now I'm in the middle of summer break I'm about to go to mm. the UK for five weeks um but I've got this I, I could have organized something now. I've got a block of time right now yeah. so um, usually I would have I wasn't sure when I was going home which is why I didn't but this time <laughs> last year I had an event like going on in this block of time because I know I would had the other outside distractions yeah. going on
0: I'd love to hear a little bit more about that piece. I always like hearing about sort of how people fit the business stuff around your life stuff. And especially if you're still quite mobile globally, like how do you keep everything running while you're flitting back and forth from different countries?
1: Well, I don't have anything like coaching or Mm. I'm doing any sort of coaching program. It's going to be very much like a four week intensive something Mm. I don't have anything long-term long-committed the only thing I've got is I've got a social media content membership which Mm -hmm. puts out it's like daily prompts and graphics and all that um malarkey (laughs) (laughs) that's a very British word malarkey I think I love (laughs) it (laughs) Um, all that stuff um and that's the only thing I've got that I need to make sure that is constant so that mm. I've organized myself that's all prepared for the next couple of months so yeah and then I won't be doing anything new for my business or while I'm in England mm. and then coming back and with my job I only work in the classroom 12 mm. hours a week and there's other work outside the classroom but I can move that around and have flexibility with that
0: yeah, I think that's a lesson I'm trying to learn of, like, not trying to fit a square peg in a round hole when you're on your breaks, when you've got, you know, your classroom obligations, it's not to try and take on more than you can. So I think that's a really, like, a very good reminder to those of us with, you know, multiple things going on with those seasons that come with school or teaching to kind of lean into that. Um Yeah, I think that's a really interesting perspective. So we have a lot of mums listening. Obviously, the name of the podcast is Marketing Like a Mother. I'm wondering, as you kind of shared about the events, shared about this kind of perspective on putting a business out there, what would you say is a good sort of starting point for someone with a lot going on, with a schedule that's a bit unpredictable, you know, when we're thinking about these events that you've been talking
1: about? I mean, my advice would be before you organise your own to try and be a participant in one. Mm. Because you've got a much better idea of seeing how things work. And um, for example, if I'm organising a bundle, Ali also I always have a Facebook group now for the contributors, and I'm very open in like what's going well, what's going wrong, <laughs> that kind of thing. Which I mm. believe is important as well because if people yeah. are seeing it on the page. I don't want them just to think I'm like ignoring it. So I'm very, mm. but I know a few people have organised their own bundles after being in my bundle, and they've said it's really helped seeing that it's not just like this quick and easy task to do. But um, so you can learn a lot from being a participant in one. Yes. And people, are like, well, how can I be a participant? And I, I say just ask. And as really, if you've seen someone organise a bundle reach out to them and ask are you organizing another one mm-hmm. there's people, groups find there's all there's places and if you if you don't know send me an email I'll tell you where you can <laughs> be advertised or you, you know you, I, I email my own list if you you're interested let me know you don't need to be on my own actual list either I've got a list of mm. people just if I'm organizing an event but be part of one first yeah and even being a participant can still be a decent amount of work Mm -hmm. and that'll give you some idea of what's involved yeah and then if you're going to um really jump in and do do your own event think how much time it's going to take you treble it (laughs) double it again and you're probably you're going to get somewhere close sounds
0: about right (laughs) yeah I think that's really really smart and that's sort of the approach Olivia and I have both taken of participating in the events, watching from the other side. Um, But as the person organising, what do you look for in participants? What makes a good application? What makes a good offer to include in a bundle like yours? The first thing
1: is make it easy for the organiser. Usually a frequently asked questions page. Please read that before sending (laughs) emails. Um, because I'm always happy to answer any questions, but time-wise, there's only a limit to how many emails I can reply to, and Mm -hmm. 95% of the time, the question's there on the Frequently Asked Questions page. So before you submit anything, before you ask any questions, read the Frequently Asked Questions page. You're probably going to get your answer there. When you do submit, try and have everything working already. You're much more likely to get a yes straight away if everything's working. If your coupon's not working, your link's not working, and the email's not delivering, then it's not necessarily you're going to get a no, Mm -hmm. but that's going to take the host time to actually come back to you, ask you questions, recheck it, and they may run out of time Mm. without any other sort of consideration whatsoever. They might literally just run out of time. So try and get prepared ready as easy as you can and if you don't know what a bundle is or you don't know what a summit is and what it looks like to be a participant try and look back through some of your old emails and get a little bit of an idea first Mm. because you're approaching with no clue what's involved then that's going to be a lot of work for the organizer and again it depends on if they've got the time and it's mm. not usually something that would make it kind of makes me go, "Oh no, here we go and i it's not a no from me in that situation, but I know how much extra time that's going to take from me, yeah, and I can really understand I know some hosts in that situation are just no I just don't have the time to do it, and I completely respect why because it is a huge time drain and yeah, just if you're even one thing is when you're once you've got everything ready and it's good to go and I always get a lot of oh can you just change this picture can you just change this and it's like I can and I do and it only takes me maybe five minutes to change the picture but then I've got to then change it in five other places so that's 20 minutes and then if 10 people ask me to do that it's just, yeah, so make it easy for the whole. So they'll really love you for it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's very good advice. And I think it's really important because when you're doing something the first time, you don't necessarily know what to expect and you don't necessarily know what's going to be a problem or not. So I think that's really smart to sort of take that even first step before applying and get to know what a bundle looks like, what to expect on your end as a participant as well. Uh, okay, I have one more sneaky kind of selfish question is okay. what kinds of offers, what kinds of products and like things do you see work best as a bundle host? Like what things do you see people downloading the most, wanting to sign up for the most?
1: The ones that always get the most sort of downloads. It used to be Canva templates and I think now everyone's got so many Canva templates and <laughs> people are kind of, I'm done with those. But any kind of sort of Mm. organisational checklist type thing. So whether that's a Trello board to do X, Y, Z or Google Sheets to track blah, blah, or a checklist to do something, something Mm. that people like very quickly and easily using. Courses, if there's something very, they're not necessarily going to get the same amount of downloads but if you're putting a course in there, something a bit more niche specific that will really target your target audience is what I recommend. Mm. Because you might get fewer downloads, but the people that are going to sign up for a course it's because they want that course specifically. So they're going to be much more likely your target audience.
0: Mm. Yeah, I think that's a really good piece of advice. And I'm I'm not surprised, but happy to hear that the kind of checklist planner things are still what people want because as a person who buys and participates in a lot of bundles and gets access <laughs> to a lot that's always what I go for as well yeah.
1: I'm again I'm the other way because I can't deal with I'm a, I'm a post-it note girl as you've <laughs> well this interview so yes. they tend to ignore those ones I'm like the, <laughs> annum, like the anomaly of that one but yes they yeah. are still most popular whenever I survey people afterwards
0: that's interesting. Oh, good surveying. Yeah, I. That's something I think we probably all need to do more of. Is just clean up, asking people what they like, what they want. Uh, well, this has been so much fun. Is there anything else you'd like to share? And then I'm going to invite you to let people know how they can hang out more with you, learn more from you.
1: No, I mean I'm. Just, I'm just going to say, if you are interested, um, if you want to be a participant, don't be afraid. Just to ask people. Mm. People will include you in their events. Just saving them. Time because they're not having to find you,
0: so Mm. definitely just
1: that. And if you do want to organize one, go with the mindset of it's not going to be perfect, enjoy it, enjoy the experience, and don't just think of it as like growing your email list. There's so many, Mm. like I mentioned before, you're going to make friends, you're going to make connections,
0: go with that mindset, and it's much
1: less stressful. Then,
0: Mm, I love that, thank you. Oh, okay. So how can people hang out with you more than from you? And I think you've got a lovely free thing for our listeners as well. I do, I do. So um the easiest place to find me is on Instagram. I'm
1: not been very active recently, but I'm still on there. So if you need to contact me or ask me, my handle is cat gets social. Just cat gets social, sorry, yeah. <laughs> and um yes, I've got a I've got a free, I'll, I'll merge them into one link for you actually so there's one if you're interested in being a participant and one if you're interested in organizing but I'll just put them on the same link so you can grab oh. it to, on whichever side yeah. I'm gonna
0: interested. get both
1: of those <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, well, thank you so much. This was so much fun. And thank you listeners for joining us this week on Marketing Like a Mother. If you found value in the show today and want to help some fellow mumpreneurs, we really appreciate a rating or telling a business friend about the show. We'll be back next week with more marketing tips for busy mums with businesses. And until then, take care.